Now today, as I mentioned a little earlier, is International Epilepsy Day. Uh, the occasion offers an opportunity for the public to learn more about epilepsy, a condition which affects a significant number of people in this country. I have been speaking with Paddy McGeoghan, the Advocacy and Communications Manager with Epilepsy Ireland, and I began by asking Paddy to tell us about Epilepsy Ireland's new campaign, which is aimed at highlighting the lack of knowledge amongst the public on how to respond to a seizure. Yeah, so the campaign's quite simple, essentially, Alan. It's, it's highlighting how, I suppose, a lot of trivial little things make up our general knowledge. But unfortunately, what we know at Epilepsy Ireland is really important things like seizure first aid um, do not make up the general public's general knowledge. And today, we're appealing to the public to let's change that. People need to know how to respond to a seizure cor- correctly. And that's why we're promoting our keywords of time, safe and stay today as part, of, as part of International Epilepsy Day. How many people in Ireland and in Clare in the Midwest region generally, Paddy, currently suffer with epilepsy? So the, the numbers actually surprise people whenever we mention them. Alan. There's over 45,000 people living with epilepsy across the country, um, making it one of the most common neurological conditions uh, in Ireland. Um, but unfortunately, there does seem to be a perception out there that epilepsy is quite rare because in a survey we, we commissioned towards the end of last year, 80% of the public totally underestimated the prevalence of epilepsy. Um, nothing could be further from the truth. It's, it's one of the most common conditions in the country, as I say. And you mentioned there about the numbers in Clare. So we estimated about uh, just under 1,300 people in Clare living with epilepsy. So that's why it's so, so important that people take time out of their day today and and learn more about seizure first aid and the keywords of time safest day because what we're saying is you honestly never know when you might need to, to respond to a seizure so this is vital knowledge to make part of your general knowledge today do you feel that awareness about epilepsy needs to be improved and is that where uh, the importance of International Epilepsy Day is perhaps emphasised, Paddy, and, you know, making the public more aware of epilepsy, how it impacts upon those living with the condition, and perhaps even helps clear up some myths that are associated with epilepsy. Of course, Alan, that's the, that's the whole point of International Epilepsy Day. You know, obviously we have our key campaign uh, message in terms of learning more about seizure first aid, but what that is being um, supported by, I suppose, across the country today is by, uh, is by people's personal stories and I know you will have uh, Teresa on later on as well talking about her own personal story um, about epilepsy as well and um, as part of the day as well today is we, we've featured stories across our website that, that outline the, the real experiences of epilepsy and as you say all those experiences clear up the myths and misconceptions that are out there and um, of course it is a condition that, that, that has challenges associated with it but the more people understand it and are aware of it um, the better it improves lives of those living with the condition and their family members. Uh, you mentioned earlier on uh, time safe and stay mm. uh, which is related I guess to first aid around uh, epilepsy can you take us through what someone should do if they witness someone having a seizure? Yeah of course so the time safe and stay are the three key words that you need to remember when responding to a seizure and just to go into further detail on them um, time, time the seizure because if it goes over five minutes, it's potentially dangerous and an ambulance needs to be called. Safe, you need to keep the person safe during the seizure. Now that means uh, if they're having a convulsive seizure where they're on the ground, and, and, and uh, I suppose what many of your listeners may be familiar with epilepsy, where, where the, the muscles are, are jerking involuntarily, um, you know, it means protecting their head with something soft. It means removing any harmful objects that they may, be, they may hit off. 
And it also means never putting anything in their mouth during a seizure and never restraining them. They're two massive myths when it comes to seizure first aid all, um, and really need to be confined to history at this point. Also, as part of SAFE, what we're asking the public to be aware of is the fact that there are seizures where a person could be actually fully upright. They could be um, behaving oddly, for the want of a better word, where they're staring back blankly. They could be smacking their lips. They could be, you know, displaying agitated behaviours and and, and, um, and pulling their clothes and could actually be wandering aimlessly. Um, so you keep a person safe in that type of seizure by gently guiding them away from danger, but again, not restraining them or shouting them or anything like that there. And finally, stay. Stay with the person throughout their seizure and thereafter, because often after a seizure, a person with epilepsy will feel dazed, confused, exhausted even. Um, and if you stay with them or talking gently with them throughout the seizure, letting them know that you're there um, and that they've had a seizure, it can make the world of a difference um, to that person's recovery as they come out of the seizure. So those three keywords again are time, safe and stay. And so the whole appeal again of today is, is, is for the public to make it part of their general knowledge. And they can do that by visiting our website on www.epilepsy.ie. Paddy McGowan, Advocacy and Communications Manager with Epilepsy Ireland. Uh, thank you very much for joining us on Morning Focus. Pleasure, Alan. Thank you. Now, for more on this, we are joined in a studio by Theresa O'Donoghue, uh, environmental activist, climate activist, but uh, as you will know from uh, her recent appearance on the show, uh, is someone who uh, deals with epilepsy. Good morning to you, Theresa, and thanks for morning, coming in. Good morning, Alan. Uh, first time face-to-face. Yep. <laughs> it's about time. <laughs> it's, a, it's about time, exactly. No, thanks uh, for coming in. Can you just kind of um, touch on again, if you don't mind, for, for listeners who may have missed it, your experience with epilepsy and in particular you know how, how long have you been dealing with it when were you first diagnosed um, it was diagnosed when I was in my teenage years so but it was possibly going on for years before that but it was just be- until I had um, a tonic-clonic major seizure like where I fell on the floor fell back in school on top of the girl behind me um, that was the first main seizure that we know of now I had had things where I was was still walking and talking and things, or maybe not talking, but walking and doing strange things that would have been pretty bad effect on my head and things like that. But we still wasn't defined as a seizure. They were talking about migraine. You must have. You must have been like, especially at such a young age when something is happening like that, very scary that you can't explain. You must have been really, really worried about you know what's happening to me. Um, it didn't upset me quite as much as it upset my parents. You know, I just woke up with the crowd around me, but everyone else had to go through looking at me. <laughs> <laughs> so I didn't really, I think that's probably why I can cope with public speaking is because I woke up with the crowd around me so many times um, that it was more a major impact on their lives. You know, I was the eldest of six, so they had a lot to deal with without having me having epilepsy. Yeah. Um, so they, but they had great help actually with Epilepsy Ireland, who was in Crumlin near where I was living. So um, they were really lucky. So it's more an impact on them. I think it became a problem for me. So I have a, a really funny story. I think I, we have to hear this because I'm sure you thought well, the listeners are thinking we're discussing epilepsy humour wasn't going to come in here anywhere but uh, pl- please inject a bit of humour into it <laughs> So I'm actually called Teresa after my um, auntie Teresa who died at about the age of six or three or six we're not quite sure of a seizure but um, I love camogie 
So my dad is from Clare, so I was like, I I just loved camogie, and I was heading for playing for Dublin, you know. Mm. But um, what happened? I was on the pitch one day, and we didn't know I had epilepsy at this stage. And I took, I was the captain. I took all the the, the freeze and the line balls and everything like that. So I was over at the line ball, and my dad comes over and he says, "Um, what's up with you?" And I says, "I I can't see, and I couldn't see because there was flashing lights on my head." And he goes, "Oh right, right, okay. Well, you're going the wrong way." And he turned me around. <laughs> <laughs> How many own goals or, or own points had you well, scored no, by this stage? No, I, I still I hit it really, really well. Like you wouldn't uh, have known if you were anyone else all around there, you would not have known that I had just had a seizure. And my dad didn't even know I had had a seizure. Like so, it wasn't gosh. even recognised that was a seizure. People expect you to be on the ground sprawling, jumping around the place, which yeah. I have as well. But um, a lot of it is just absences, where you know. But that was mostly my childhood years. But now I'm well controlled like 30 years on medication has controlled it which I'm very lucky about but um, so the camogie you know that, that upset Did me Did that put paid to your camogie career? That kind of not that I, I was persistent and stayed as long as possible but it got to a stage where I had to stop mm. um, and being a Garda I wanted to be a Garda that was an, another thing I really wanted to do so those two things were probably the most frustrating for me at that age in my life you know my, my dreams kind of were dashed at that stage mm. so it was a case of pick myself up and get on with the new life which I did um, education I got to go to the National Rehabilitation College in Roslyn Park which was great. That was a great insight into people with disabilities and there's an awful lot worse out there for me than me. You know, there's a lot of people putting up so many more challenges than I had to put up with and I'm so lucky um, that I can walk and talk and get around the place and have um, medication yeah. to control my seizures now. But um, I it's even, brilliant. Even saying, you know, what you're saying there, Teresa, kind of highlights... Um, you know, something that Paddy touched on, which is like the Epilepsy Ireland campaign is about raising awareness amongst the public because there's probably um, a lot of, as I put it to myths out there or not a, people don't have enough knowledge about it. And, you know, you described kind of having certain seizures, but they mightn't look like the kind of like classic seizure that people would assume people who have epilepsy, epilepsy suffer from. Would that indicate that for each epilepsy sufferer, it's, there's not a, a one-size-fits-all experience of dealing with epilepsy that it, it can affect people, different people in different ways? Yeah, well, I always refer to it as my epilepsy because everyone's brain is different. So mm. my epilepsy affects me and the way it affects me and everybody's is different. I mean, there's generalisations as far as where it's located or sensed in your brain and I have temporal lobe, so there's a problem with temporal lobe. But there's all different parts of your brain that can have problems that cause epilepsy and cause seizures and everyone's different yeah you mentioned uh, recently when you were on with us that you know it's decades since you've had a seizure because you're you're taking medication so like what is an average day like for you as someone with epilepsy you're, you're taking your medication but is that a daily occurrence how often do you have to take it and other than taking that then if that keeps it at bay do you not have to consider epilepsy at any other stage? Yeah, um, so I take my medication morning and night. Um, even if I forgot it once, you know, I'd be fine because it's built up in my system. Yeah. Um, but I tend to remember it. Maybe once a week I might forget, but it has never been a major issue. Um, other than that, I suppose I have to accept that there are certain restrictions on my life insofar as I will, you know, at the end of the day, I have to go to bed. I can't stay up all night. You know, I run the risk of putting my body at stress and my brain at stress. And um, I just wouldn't do that. You know, I have to sleep. Um, so I would probably 
need my sleep. I can't have a major um, overstimulation all day and night. Nothing major, I mean, other than that, you know, just side effects of medication and possibly the epilepsy would be memory related. So I write a lot of stuff down. <laughs> you can see my notes. Lovely um, handwriting. <laughs> and, and my phone is great for notes now. But um, when I'm dealing with things, it's like, I mean, I can talk about climate change off the back of my hand because it's just you know I'm on it all the time yeah. whereas trying to think back to things I'd have to be looking up notes and things like that but um, by and large it's no big difference to my life to anyone else's I imagine Do you feel though you know from talking to people and you know over the years of having epilepsy if if the issue is discussed do you feel as we have got progressed through the years there is more of an understanding around it or is there still very much a need for a day like today, International Epilepsy Day, just to try and open a few more eyes to, to, to what it is like? I think there's definitely a need for this day. I mean, there's a lot of people who still don't know. And a lot of people, once you start talking about the fact you have epilepsy, which I do, because I think to get rid of the taboo, you have to talk about it. Mm. And people will open up and tell you their story. But some of them still tell you in a kind of a secret, <laughs> as if though they don't want anyone to know. And it's like, why? I mean, the people, I don't know if you know all the famous people who have um, have ep- ep- epilepsy. So Isaac Newton and Beethoven, Agatha Christie, Theodore Roosevelt, Alfred Nobel, Michelangelo, Charles Dickens, Leonardo da Vinci. All of these people had epilepsy and I'm very lucky to be in that classification of people who have epilepsy as far as I'm concerned because um, we can do great things and and that's fine by me. I'm I'm happy to do great things because I'm happy to be alive. You know, I'm glad I made 50. I was afraid the medication might get me by the age of 50. (laughs) But I'm still here. (laughs) You're still here alive and kicking and uh, we're we're delighted you are. Uh, You got the opportunity to come in here and chat with us. Um, Teresa Dunning, thank you very much. Uh, Appreciate you coming in uh, to chat with us.